Today we will be in 2 Samuel chapter 7 again, 2 Samuel chapter 7. If you'd like to go ahead and turn there this morning as we will turn our hearts to God's Word today. Would it be okay if we just went to the Lord in prayer right now before we get into the Word? Father, we call on your name right now. And we do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Knowing that, Lord, without you, where would we be? Knowing without you, this world and universe would not be. We thank you for who you are. And Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, there are many here who may be hurting or confused or they have questions. They're dealing with stuff and they're suffering. And Lord, those things sometimes can distract us. And Lord, they are very important. They need attention. So right now, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will minister to us, speak to us your message from your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Every one of us in this room will leave a legacy. Some may be good, some may be not so good. Many of us in our lives, there are people that have left a legacy, whether it's our parents, an uncle, an aunt, maybe it's a grandparent or great-grandparent. I recently found out some information about one of my relatives that really shocked and surprised me. And I'm going to be honest with you guys today. If it wasn't for the grace of God, where would I be? Because I recently found out this year that my grandfather, my grandfather, I knew that he ran moonshine and he had a steel. Anybody in here have a steel? You better not raise your hand. Come on now. My grandfather had some moonshine, and he had a moonshine still, and he was uh, trying to provide for his family through that. And there was a revenuer that was coming to see him one day, and he was going to get in trouble, obviously get arrested. He told that revenuer not to cross the creek, or he would shoot and kill him. And I want you to know the revenuer crossed the creek. And my grandfather shot and killed him, murdered him. And left him for dead and was never caught for it. Now my grandfather also has shot my dad, my grandmother, my dad's brother, uncle. Uh, he says it was accidents, but somebody should have taken the guns away from him, honestly. <laughs> don't know if I should carry one, Troy. I don't have a heritage of, 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 of family members handling guns well. <laughs> but to me, that's a sad legacy. For someone to leave. My grandfather, I remember every time I'd go see him, he'd sick his chihuahua on me or his Doberman pincher because he thought it was funny when the dog would try to bite me. I am now scared to death of dogs. What a legacy to leave. We all have somebody in our family like that or a friend or a history that has left a legacy that's not been that great. And I, I would imagine all of us in this room would love to leave a better legacy than that. Something that people would talk about, about us, that would be something that would transcend time and it would last for a long time. And, and they would say, this person made a huge difference in my life. 
My life was changed because of them. That's what we want. God has designed us in our DNA to make a difference in people's life, to leave a legacy. When, when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, He talked about not just this generation, but the generations to come and how you're to pass it on to them and how they would be impacted by it. God has designed us to leave a legacy. But how do we do something that's lasting, that's going to make a difference? Well, King David, this is a... A great place to look at this because with King David we find in chapter 7, he had this idea, I am going to build a house for God, a place where the covenant can rest, a place where his presence can be. Instead of a tent, we're going to make a beautiful house for him. And so Nathan comes to him and says, God says, I haven't asked you to build a house you're not going to build it. Your, your kids are going to build it. And, and he prays, and he's praising God and talking about how great he is to take a shepherd, turn him into a king, and do great things. But we come to a place in, in chapter 7 of 2 Samuel that I want us to focus on today, and, and that is verses 27 through 29. Because when it comes to leaving a legacy, we can see just how great God is because it transcends you and I and who we are. Listen at verse 27, 28, and 29 of chapter 7 of 2 Samuel. For you, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, have made a revelation to your servants, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. Now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are truth, and you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now, therefore, may it please you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue forever before you. For you, O Lord God, have spoken, and with your blessing, may the house of your servant be blessed forever. See, David was wanting to build a house for God, but God turned and said, I'm going to build you a house. Your house will be built through your descendants, through your sons, and it will last forever. He gave David a promise. And there's some things that we can learn about our one true God here that, that uh, David references in verse 27. And the one true God, the very first thing that we can notice is that his words are truth. God's words are truth. Look at verse 28 with me this morning. Now, O Lord God, you are God, the one true God, the, the, the way, the truth, the life, Yahweh, and your words are truth. See, what I hold in my hand, I believe to be truth. I believe everything from Genesis to Revelation, every word in it is important. It is there for a reason. God has given us his word, and if I did not believe this was truth, then I have no right to be standing up here trying to preach to you from it to tell you anything about it. Because this is truth, and it builds my faith and my foundation. To try to prove the Bible outside of the Bible and God would be trying to prove uh, gravity standing on the moon. Trying to say earth has gravity and you're standing on the moon trying to prove it without the reality of using the earth to prove that there was gravity on the earth. To prove God's word is truth without using God's word to prove the truth doesn't work. Because anybody can come up with reasons why it's not true. But I am here to declare to you, God's word has been tested and tried from front to cover. It is true. And when we believe that his words are true, it changes the way we look at our past, our present, and our future. 
Because the truth of God's word can then guide us and give us direction. Psalm 119.60 says, All your words are truth. And I believe all his words are truth. Second thing that we can see in verse 28. Now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are truth. And you have promised this good thing to your servant. You have promised this good thing to your servant. His promises are good. His promises are good. They're muy bueno. They are super good. They're mucho. They're huge good. God's promises are like the stars. The darker the sky, the brighter they shine, one, one writer wrote. God's promises are good. Even when God looked at the children of Israel and even told Joshua, and he tells David, he says, uh, about his son earlier in chapter 7, you'll read where God uh, sends this message through Nathan and says, when your son turns from me, God is, is promising, your son's going to mess up. And then he says, but I will not forsake him. I am going to be there. And see, those, even in those moments when we see God having to say, when you turn your back on me, the enemy's going to come, those promises are good because, see, He loves us so much. He refuses to leave us where we are. He will allow the things to happen in our life and come into our life to help us turn our eyes and direct it back toward Him. As soon as we think we can be self-sufficient without God, that's the time when God's going to have to get our attention. Because God wants that intimate relationship with us. His promises are good. David declares it in verse 28. Now, Lord God, you are God and your words are truth and you have promised this good thing to your servant. I find it very interesting, again, that, that David does not refer to himself as king here. He does not say, your promises are good to the king. He says, to your servant. To receive God's promises, we must be in a place where He is King of kings and Lord of lords, that He is the master and we are His servant. See, when we are put ourselves in that place, we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and our master. And that is the only place that we need to function in our life. But unfortunately, do we not overstep that many times? We come up with our own ways and our own ideas and our own plans, and then we ask God to bless what we've come up with as if, as if we are the God and He is just the one supplying some blessings. We must be very careful. We have to understand that His words are truth and His promises are good and where we are in relationship to Him for all this to really come to light. So just how great, how great is our God? Well, you know, many want to leave a legacy of fame or uh, being a celebrity or being famous. Somebody may want to leave a legacy of, of riches and money and provide for their kids. And you know, when I think about that, I would love to be able to leave my kids something great, some, some property or, or a house, but I will not do it at the expense of their faith and the foundation that they need that will transcend my presence in their life. Here's what I mean. I can build a big bank account and I can have a nice house, but all it takes is one medical emergency or some great tragedy and all that will be gone. But if I can implant into my kids the Word of God, the love of God's Word, the love of Jesus Christ, that He rules their life no matter where they are. If, no, no matter if Buddy winds up playing for some college out, out in the West or some NFL team on Sunday. Y'all like that. Oh, oh, I got to throw that out there. <laughs> just believe it. 
If Buddy plays on an NFL team one day on a Sunday, which he hopes he does, and I'll know he's not in church on a Sunday, and he's around a bunch of bad people, I want to be able to have the, the assurance of knowing my son has Jesus Christ in his heart and his life and his character and his foundation has been built that the legacy that he is portraying in that stadium is one that reflects Jesus, not his daddy. If I try to get my kids to reflect me, I have failed. If I get my kids to reflect Jesus, I have succeeded. If you get people to reflect you in your life, you have failed. But if you get people to reflect Jesus and His character in His life, you have succeeded. Because what that does is it goes beyond this moment and it transcends time. See, when I think about how great God is, here's the cool thing. A legacy built by God transcends our lifetime. If I try to build a legacy, in a few years, I will be forgotten. But if God builds a legacy, it will last and last. Let's take an example. Let me think of somebody. Oh, uh, David, who was king of Israel. Here we are in 2019 discussing a man's life from the Old Testament. God transcended time through His power of, of His Word and Him making sure to preserve His Word so that today we would be talking about King David. How about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob? We could talk about Adam and Eve or Noah. We could talk about Jeremiah, Joshua, Samuel. We could talk about tons of people in the Old Testament that God has transcended time. God built their legacy, not them. What they did was just simply be under the leadership of God and allow Him to work in their life. And God's the one that built their legacy. Let's move to the New Testament. We've heard of Paul. We've heard of Peter and James. We also have heard of a man by the name of Jesus. Think about Jesus for a second. Jesus didn't have a wife or a child. He didn't have a house. He didn't even have a closet to have, hang clothes in. He had very few clothes. He didn't have money and he didn't have a business. He didn't write any hymns that are in the Baptist hymnal. He didn't have any portraits or even any buildings. All he had was a cross made of just some old wood. The legacy that Jesus built divided time in measurement in half. You have B.C. and you have A.D., that could have happened at any time in history, but it happened when Jesus was here. What he did to create a legacy transcended what he had because God was at the center of what he was building. Let me ask you today, what are you trying to build and leave? What impression, what life are you trying to make happen? Looking at David again here, as David is talking about this house that God is building, Here's the beautiful thing. God is building a legacy for David that does not take bricks, that does not take mortar. It's not a statue by Michelangelo. But it is a legacy that has transcended time in the life he lived that he was a man after God's own heart. David declared, you are God and your words are truth and your promises are good. And he was standing on that. And I find it interesting that David even said, I have found courage to pray this to you. 
courage to pray this to you. David is the king of Israel. David has been through so much. He's a man after God's own heart. Why does he have to muster up courage to pray to God about this? If he had to do something like that, maybe we need to as well. Verse 27, For you, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, have made a revelation to your servants, saying, I will build you a house. That's God's promise to him. Therefore, your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. And here's his prayer. Now, O Lord God, your words are truth, and you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now, therefore, may it please you to bless the house of your servant that it may continue forever before you. For you, O Lord God, have spoken, and with your blessing may the house of your servant be blessed forever. Nowhere do you read, David, David say, Give me the wisdom to build a great legacy or to make a name for myself. Nowhere is he praying, Give me the position and the power and, and the prestige and the money to be able to make the difference so that I can leave a legacy. David doesn't pray that. When you read this, he is praying, God, you do what you've promised. You bless it. If, if you see it is fit and it is your will, you bless it. May you build it. You know, if God wants to build a legacy through the self-family, it doesn't matter whether I'm part of it or not, just as long as it brings glory to God. That's what we must do as we live. As we think about this and what we are to do with it, Jesus said himself, we are the salt of the earth. Jesus said, we are to be the salt of the earth. You never see someone take salt, take a shaker of salt, take an ear of corn, put it on their ear of corn, put salt on there, take a big bite of that juicy, fresh corn. Come on now. I know some of you are already missing it. Yep. I see you back there, James. You smiling from ear to ear going, man, I wish I had me an ear right now. Had you an ear of corn, sprinkle you some salt on it, maybe some butter. Bite into that big, juicy corn. Mm. And the first thing you say is, man, that's some good salt right there. <laughs> you don't do that, do you? No, you don't talk about the salt, you talk about the corn. Why was the corn so good? Because you put some good salt on it. That's the legacy we need to leave as born-again believers who are following Jesus Christ. Our name is not important, but His name is important. He is to be lifted up so that all men can be drawn unto Him. We are to live a life that impacts those people around us so that when they... When, when, when they taste and see, they're going, man, this is good. I don't know why this is so good, but it's good. It's because Jesus is living right here, and Jesus is coming out of here, and Jesus is coming out right here, and Jesus is coming out right here. And, and because Jesus is coming out, it's, it's just making flavor all around you. And it's leaving a legacy that will transcend you and go throughout time. So the first thing that we need to do is this. We need to know God's Word for me. <clears throat> See, this is interesting that David declares in these scriptures. He says, verse 27, For you, O Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, have made a revelation to your servant. And it was very personal, was it not? I will build you a house. David understood God's word to him. We must know God's word to us. 
We cannot play Christianity and leave a legacy that will transcend time to the glory of God. We have to embark on the journey of knowing God's word for me. What has he called me to do? Yes, every single person in this room has a calling. You have a mission. God has something for you to do that is big and huge because he's going to empower you to do it. And when you do it, it's going to leave a legacy. There's a man by the name of C.T. Studd. He was born into a wealthy family and in 1860. And at the age of 25, he inherited what would be, in today's money, more than $25 million. Anybody here want to inherit $25 million? Come on now. Let's see some honesty this morning. Hey, I'm putting both my hands up. I'd love to inherit. If there's a self out there somewhere that's made some money that I'm kin to, if you want to leave me $25 million, praise the Lord. I'm using it for God's kingdom. And I'm going to buy me an F-150 as well. <laughs> but here he is. He inherited $25 million. But God had already touched him in a very special way and called him to be a missionary. And rather than leaving the mission field and just building him a house and, and looking good, he married and went to China. There, they gave away their entire fortune to a man by the name of George Mueller who ran an orphanage. The Moody Bible School, Salvation and Army, and other things, they gave their fortune away. Then they entrusted God for everything else. He spent 10 years in China, 6 years in India, and 21 years in Africa. He left a legacy that when he gets to heaven, there are going to be souls there because of what he has done. He wrote these words in a poem. This is a portion of it. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. What we do for Jesus will make a difference. So we must know what he has called us to do. I can tell you one thing. You can say, well, pastor, I don't know that, I, that I've been called to do anything. Every one of us has been called to love God with all of our hearts, our souls, our minds, and our strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. We are called to tell people about Jesus so that His kingdom will get bigger. We are called to make a difference. All of us are. Second thing, not only do we need to know God's word for us, just like David knew his, but we need to trust His promises are good, even if we don't understand them sometimes. Verse 28, Now, O Lord God... You are God and your words are truth. And you have promised this good thing to your servant. Go back and read what God said. And this is where I find it so fascinating. I, I made a special note that I even circled it in verse 14 of this same chapter. God says, I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will correct him with the rod of men and the strokes of the sons of men. Exactly where is that good? I don't want to know that my son's going to have to go through difficulty and hard times and he's going to have to suffer pain and, and anguish. How can you call that good? Because God said, I love him too much to leave him in a mess like that. I'm going to draw him back to me. That's a good promise. When we approach the thing and understand that God's promises are good, it will change the way we think about them. Some promises in Scripture are conditional. Where he would say, if you will continue to follow me, I will bless you. But if you do not, then the enemy is going to come upon you. Some are unconditional. God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And when we are his children, we are, we are going to always have him with us. 
God promised that He will return. Jesus said He is going to return. Has nothing to do with anything that you ever do or anyone else. It is unconditional. That promise of His return is true and will happen. Some are contextual where God would say something and promise something in a particular context. But the bottom line is this. God's promises are good. The third thing is this. We need to allow God to build my legacy instead of me. Many of us are trying to build a legacy and we're trying to make a difference in this world and we're trying to do something great and build a big house just symbolically, whatever that looks like, whether it's a name or a prestige or position or whatever. You're trying to build something so that you'll have a legacy. But can I tell you something? Something built of brick and mortar will fall, but a legacy built on God will last forever. Let God build the legacy for you. Tony Evans said, It's not so much the impact I have on the world that should be my legacy. And this is Tony Evans. I mean, uh, some of you have probably heard of Tony Evans. He's one of my favorites. It is not so much the impact I have on the world that should be my legacy, although I aim to contribute what I can and should. Rather, it is that I was loved by God and knew His love while here. That is my goal, to know Him more. If I was to answer the question I asked you earlier, what do you want people to remember about you? What legacy do you want to leave? He passionately loved his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's first and foremost. That's the legacy I want to leave. Because if I passionately love my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then that relationship is growing. And what I know about Him is impacting the way I live and what I do and what I say. And there will be a difference made. I always like to give you a seven-day challenge. I often do. And this week comes straight from this, this verse in verse 28. Over the next seven days in your prayer time, I want you to add something to your prayer time. Maybe you just begin your prayer with this, or you put it in the middle. It doesn't matter. But pray these words. O Lord, You alone are my God. Your words are truth, and Your promises are good. You pray that for the next seven days in your prayer time. Oh Lord, you alone are my God. Your words are truth and your promises are good. And then go on from there. That's exactly what David prayed right here. David said in verse 28, Now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are truth and you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now therefore may it please you to bless the house of your servant that it may continue forever before you. For you, O Lord God, have spoken and with your blessing may the house of your servant be blessed forever. You want to make a difference. You want to leave a legacy. You want to do something that will change lives, that will transcend your lifetime and your presence. Let it be built on God and pray that prayer. Will you pray with me now? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that is contained within it. That, Lord, each and every one of us in here can leave a great legacy. 
Each of us in this room can make an impact that will transcend our lifetime. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you're the one that builds a legacy that will last. Lord, there have been many people famous throughout history. But none has had the impact of Jesus and his disciples. The things that those who have come before us have done has been great. Lord, those that did something for your kingdom has been greater. Lord, there are a countless number of people that we don't know their name who played a part in us being in this room today. At some point, someone somewhere had an idea to build a, a mill in Gainesville, Georgia. And to begin a new concept of building houses and where all the employees can live right across the street and they can, they can survive in that one area with their own doctors and their own stores and, and their own health care and all these things happening right here in this place. And Lord, then somebody within this area said, we need to start a church. And then they started meeting and having Bible study, and it grew. And then before you know it, a church was formed. And they built a building. That building they outgrew, they built this building. And Lord, here we are today in 2019, standing in this room. We do not know their names, but you built a legacy that has transcended their lifetime and their names. Father, I thank you, because you do a work in this place that's incredible. This church is a beacon of light to this community. I thank you for the legacy Chicopee is having in this area because of you, not because of me, but because of what you're doing in the hearts of the kids and the teenagers and the people who come here to serve you. You're doing something enormous, and I thank you. May we take this to our everyday life. May we turn our hearts to allow you to build the legacy that we leave. God, do something with this message in our hearts this week. Challenge us. Because you, oh Lord, you alone are my God. Your word is truth and your promises are good. And it is upon that that I will stand. Those who do not know you, Father, you have promised in your word, here's a promise that's good, that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, all those who receive the Holy Spirit, who receive Jesus Christ, will receive the power to be called the sons of God, children of God. Lord, I pray today for the one who does not know you, who's never begun that relationship with you or they're unsure if they even have a relationship with you, that today will be the day, this will be the moment, this will be the second that they say, Father, forgive me and take over my life. Forgive me and take over my life. Lord, may you make a difference today. And may you 
build a legacy that transcends time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.